0: You get to be in for this. Um, can I just say Happy New Year to you? Um, it, it's the sort of thing we should have said last week, but we couldn't meet, so we're here. The, the other thing I want to say is this, if I just pick up on Lucy's word, isn't it good when God speaks to us such encouraging words and think, oh Lord, how do we take it all in? But I, I wanted to say to, to internationals, but not just to internationals, to people, that includes Jean and I, who, who've moved to Teesside. For all sorts of reasons. We, we moved because God called us. Others have moved because God called us. Some people have moved here for work. Some are here because they're students. All sorts of reasons. But I just felt God say, tell them, I have sent you here for this. Okay? You didn't come. The, you, internationals, you didn't come because the government sent you. Because you need God says, I sent you here. And you have to have that sense of, in your own heart, we are here because God put us here. We're not here by default. We're not here by accident. Students, you didn't come because Middlesbrough seemed the best uni better than Oxford and Cambridge. You, you, you came here because God sent you to Teesside for such a time as this. I absolutely believe that. Okay? And I I just want you to get that in your bones that God put me here. You know, that, that you're here. Whatever, however, whatever the situation is, you are here because God put you here. If you're here as a visitor this morning and think, what are we doing in Jubilee Church on the 8th of January 2012? You are here because God put you here. God has sent you. God is doing an amazing thing right now. I would like you to turn to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 14 to 21. I haven't done a a PowerPoint. Um, We are running a little later than I planned. However, praise God, I'm not... uh, That's good. I love it when God messes things up. Um perhaps he shouldn't mess us up more often, do you think? Uh, who said yes? Anyway, what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk for maybe half an hour, about half an hour, and then we're going like, to commit the rest of this year, 2012, to the Lord, by breaking bread together and praying for one another and have, have an opportunity to, to just respond and to be together. We are joined together in Christ, and he is calling us to wonderful things. Did we just drop in? And Anyway, can you hear me all right? Just wave at me if you can't. Um, Luke 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. No. Have I gone again? I'm there, am I? and he stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him unrolling it he found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The end of another year, isn't it funny how they just keep going? Do you find they just keep, it's relentless. You you think, you know, I I mean I said to Jean, you know what, it'll be Christmas soon. We think, oh, we've just got through Christmas. Before you know it, it'll be Christmas 2012. And we'll all be a year older. Just to encourage you. <laughs> see the end of another year has come and gone. Are you doing all right? It's good to see you all here this morning. It's been far too long since we met. Well, I need to tell you it's leap year this year, so we've got this year, so we've got five more years without having to miss a Sunday here. Do you have faith that we'll have moved from here by then? <laughs> I have. Within Jubilee, for some, 2011 will have been an excellent year. For others, it will have been an okay year. And for others, it will have been a difficult year. But for me, the biggest blessing and comfort is in knowing that whether we found last year good, bad, or indifferent, our God was with us, loving us through it all and working out his purposes. And now we stand at the beginning, just about at the beginning of a new year. If you read your news sheet, you will see I've written a little paragraph about the coming year. You don't need to read it, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you because I don't know how many of you actually read your news sheets. So I'll read it to you, then you get it both ways. Is that okay? There's something funny going on with my mic, can you? It keeps going on and off. Let me get the other stick mic and I'll just excuse me while I public out of strange places. Deadness in the room. Ah, there we go. Hallelujah. Right. I'm going to read this to you that I put in the new sheet because, well, I thought you might not read it anyway. And uh, I just want to say this. The beginning of a new year is an ideal opportunity for us to look back with thanksgiving for all God did in and through us in 2011. We will be doing that tonight at the prayer meeting. However, I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul who says to us in Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Looking forward with faith to the coming year and committing ourselves afresh to God's wonderful purposes is a great adventure that we can, every one of us can be a part of. Are you up for an adventure? Some of you. Let me ask you again, are you really up for an adventure? good. The good news is that God is the same today as yesterday. He doesn't improve with age or wear out with time. With him all things are possible for Jubilee Church Teesside in 2012. Let's look out into the year ahead with expectation and faith. Yeah? So what do we see? When we look out, what do you see? Oh, it's another year. Got through Christmas, put on half a ton. I did well, two pounds, that's all I did. All I have to do is sneeze, and I've lost that. Anyway, sorry, that's a bit horrible. Sorry, that just didn't, it's not in my notes. Sorry. Are we full of faith? for the coming year. Are we full of expectation? What I thought I would do briefly (laughs) is draw your attention to three prophetic words that have come to Jubilee over recent times and I think will help us focus with faith on the year ahead and will also help us in our praying, which is very important. And the three things are this, a change of gear, a new wine, and a new landscape. A change of gear, a new wine and a new landscape. Let's start with a change of gear. This word was brought many years ago, or a few years ago, now by Harold Wilmshurst. And then Martin Kempston brought virtually the same word about 18 months ago. Now the fact that the word was given a while ago doesn't devalue it in any way. Prophecy is often worked out over a period of years. And also, there are often different stages in the fulfillment of prophecy. You know, I think we live in an instant society and we think, well, God said it It hasn't happened yet. That was three weeks ago. That is not what prophecy is like. We need to be wise. When God speaks, his word doesn't return to him without producing what he says. But sometimes the waiting in between, we get very frustrated. This gear change word is all about jubilee going to a higher gear. It's never been about harder work. It's much more to do with greater momentum for the same amount of work. Do you understand that? Do you understand gears? Probably not. But what I mean is, you find, if you look at your rev counter on the car, you start off and it goes high. By the time you're in fifth gear, or if you're very fortunate and got a posh car at sixth gear, you're 1500 revs and you're doing 70 miles an hour. It's not the amount of work. It's the gear you're in, and who's doing the work anyway? God is. God is. I see it as a continual thing of God blessing us more and more as we stay faithful and committed to him and his purposes. We serve him faithfully, but God just keeps bearing his arm and doing more and more things, and it's astonishing and amazing. We may work hard, but it's always God who brings the increase anyway. It's God who takes the foolish things of the world, like you and me, honestly. He says, I take the foolish things to confound the wise. Simple faith, simple faithfulness is what God looks for. It seems to me that God was very much with us in 2011. Particularly the latter half. I I just had this time when I sensed God just blowing on us. Amazing. Amazing. And as we've sought to walk in obedience, as he's, he speaks to us, we obey. We find blessing comes. He told us prophetically to take up an offering and give it all away. Do you remember? So what did we do last? the end of last January? We had a, a, a week of prayer, then we took up our offering and we gave 40,000 pounds in worship to him. And we've given it all away, every penny. That's simple faith. That's mustard seed faith. It says, God said it, we will do it. Did we need the 40,000? Yes, very interesting. That's exactly the amount the shortfall was, year on year. So we could have quite legitimately said, oh, thank you, Lord, we've got what we needed. But he didn't say that. He said, give it away. So we simply obeyed. We gave it away. Hallelujah. And we have continued to seek him and pray with faith. God has provided for us financially. We had a pledge day and we've pledged to increase our giving by thirty thousand. It hasn't been easy. In twenty eleven, it's been tough. People have been saved and added, but other people have left us. But in it all God has been so faithful. And we arrive at the end we've arrived at the end of the year in the beginning of two thousand twelve with this sense of expectation. You listen to the prophetic words. It's that sense of God says He's sent some amazing things to us. If you get your head around what we've heard this morning, you think, "My goodness, that's that's not small." And so we're here in this moment, this Sunday morning, beginning of 2012, with that sense of, "Wow, is this really possible?" Over the Christmas break, I was praying and reading one day. I don't know what you got for Christmas, but I got a virus. And it wasn't in my computer. Flewy thing that went on for about two and a half weeks. And you can feel a bit sorry for yourself. Anybody ever feel sorry for themselves when they're a bit, you know? And you know, oh. and I couldn't sleep one night. In fact, Jean was so cross, she went in the other room. She slept all right. And I, I, just, I just couldn't breathe. I had to sit up. I got my Bible. God just spoke to me. Felt terrible. And in the midst of it, God started to speak to me. I got really excited about four in the morning. <laughs> I felt God say this very clearly. I am the same God who walked with Wesley and Whitfield when half the population of this country responded to the gospel. And the same God who walked with William Booth and the Salvation Army, as they and others transformed the society of this country through their serving of the poor and needy with the gospel. And then I sensed Him say, "And I walk with you and Jubilee. Are you, up, are you up for seeing the impossible become reality? What would you ask me for in 2012?" Oh Lord. But I was just so excited. I can't, I can't explain to you, but in the spirit, I was thinking, God is saying this to us. With all my heart, I believe God is saying this to us. What would we ask Him for in 2012? 2012 is a year bursting with opportunity. Bursting with opportunity. We're a local church, and along with the other local churches in the area, we are called to see Teesside transformed by the gospel of Jesus. So encouraged with what Rod said, It's about the gospel in all its diversity. It's not just telling people that Jesus loves them, it's demonstrating it. It's the gospel in action. I have a sense of another change of gear coming, an increase of momentum as we call on God and as we walk in obedience. That's the change of gear. How about this? A new wine. Just a few weeks before Christmas, Dennis brought a word one morning. Do you remember? No. Okay. He brought a word about God pouring out new wine of blessing on and in Jubilee, and that the new wine would require new wineskins. Anybody remember that? Ah, good. I really sense God speaking to us through that. You see, the thing about new wine is you can't keep it in an old wineskin. Old wineskins, I mean, we keep them in bottles now. It doesn't quite work. But wine used to be kept in in wineskin, leather bags. And they're called wineskins. You you couldn't put new wine in an old wineskin. Old wineskins are shaped by the wine that's been in them for a long time. They become hard. They become rigid. If you put new wine in an old wineskin, the old skin very quickly bursts. New wine requires flexible wineskins. What God is doing with us and is going to do with us in 2012 and beyond will require new flexible structures that can cope with fresh blessing and anointing from God. We're a people who love structure. And, and what we're supposed to do now and what we're supposed to do now, God says, I don't want you to be governed by structure, I want you to be governed by blessing. Do you understand? I want you to be governed by blessing. I want you to, to serve the life I'm pouring out. I'm not going to serve your structure. I'm gonna, I want your structures to serve the blessing I'm giving you. Does that make sense? I don't quite know what that's going to look like. I think it will be evolving because the blessing will be keep, kept being poured out. But we will be praying into it tonight and saying, God, show us what changes to make in the next few months so that we may be already harnessing the blessing that's coming. But whatever we do will not be something set in stone forever and a day. We will be following wherever the Spirit leads and where the life is being poured out. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't care what that looks like. All I want is to be in a situation, in an environment where God is pouring out blessing that can be in homes that can be in big groups it can be any situation you like it can be in social action networks i don't really care but where the spirit of god is there's freedom and liberty and we want structures that allow that to flow so are you coming to the prayer meeting because we need to pray these things in okay is anybody coming to the prayer meeting I need to say, this is for all of us. This isn't just for a few. This is for everyone. You see, God has sent you all here. Students, you've been sent here. Internationals, you've been sent here. People have been sent here for work or whatever reason you're here. But we haven't been just sent here to come on a Sunday morning. We've been sent here to be part of this vibrant community. And that includes being at the prayer meeting. In fact, the prayer meeting will inevitably more and more become the powerhouse of everything we do. It really will. And we'll have to fight for that. It goes against the grain. It cuts across our apathy and our weariness. And I know what it feels like to be sitting at 6 o'clock on a Sunday evening and it's dark. And you think, oh. And it's funny how we can find a reason, a good reason not to come. Well, you know what? Just remember, God loves you, but he is looking. Be at the prayer meeting. That is a new wine. Finally, a new landscape. Raj brought this word a few weeks ago about God setting before us a new landscape. Do you remember that one? No. Okay. Came prophetically one morning. Yeah? It's not that long ago. It's a month? Even Raj can't remember it. That's, that's really worrying well as I was praying and pondering on this word I I was reminded about the children of Israel God through the leadership of Moses led them out of slavery into Egypt most of us know the story I guess but what struck me was that, that they came out of Egypt which was actually in the midst of their slavery a land of plenty and they're coming to a desert and they're wandering in the desert but they weren't wandering for long They saw miracles, they saw provision. But very quickly, they came to the edge of the desert and they were looking out on a new landscape. Very quickly. They were looking to a land flowing with milk and honey, the Bible says. It's like a figurative picture of of lush and wonderful and fruit-bearing and the place you want to be. The landscape before them was everything that desert wasn't. And yet... And yet through lack of faith, they refused to press into it. And so that whole generation was sentenced to wander in this desert landscape for all for 40 years. For 40 years, wandering. Can you imagine? Just wandering. I often feel the church has been like that. Certainly in my time, much of the church, we're kind of wandering in a desert place and we keep thinking, that's all it is. It's just hard. It's just difficult. You talk to people about different parts of the country and they say, oh, well, it's hard there. There's a darkness over that place. Look, there's a darkness over every place where Jesus is. not It's no harder there than it is here. It's no harder here than it is there. It's just... The whole earth, the whole earth fell. The whole earth is under the curse and the gospel takes good news to the darkest place. That's the truth. The driest desert, the hardest place. The gospel works. It transforms society. It brings light and hope. Eventually after wandering for 40 years the new generation grew up and they come to the same place again and they're looking out on this new landscape. What was the difference? This time, you know there was only two guys who made it, even Moses didn't make it. There was only Joshua and Caleb who made it from the old generation. Hey, I want to be one of them. Not about you, but you may have been wandering for years, but I tell you what, I'm 62. I haven't got time to wander for 40 years in a desert. But there's quite a few years left in me, but I want us to walk right into the promised land. I want a new landscape. I want us to be living in a time of blessing and abundance A place where the gospel works, people's lives are being transformed, thousands of people are being born again. I've read about it in the books. What am I asking God from 2012 and beyond? I'm asking for that now. Nothing less. I'm asking for a transformed society now. Nothing less. Why would I ask God for less than he can do? Why would we? See, we get conned by wandering in a time of dryness. We get conned by thinking, well, in the UK it's hard, you know. It's easier in other countries. It's really tough. We're not very spiritual. You know what? However dark and dry it is, God is bigger. His power is limitless. He can do it all. He can do it in the UK. He can transform Teesside. I promise you, He can. He's not at all limited. It's not a hard thing for God to transform Teesside. It's an easy thing because He's God. He just says, How's your faith? Will you ask me for it? We heard the the prophetic words this morning. I just, I see it right there before us. I see the landscape. Do you see it? You look out and think, wow. Let your imagination run at a landscape of blessing in Teesside. Let your imagination run with that. What might that look like? You see new landscapes though. They can be unsettling. New landscapes are challenging at times. Finding ourselves facing the unknown rather than the familiar. I'm one of these probably sad people who always likes to go to the same place on holiday. <laughs> oh, no, me. even mean Jeremy was like that? Yeah, well, good for him. Right. So leadership. No, no. For years we've been going to the same place in Turkey on holiday and The reason I like it is because I know what I'm going to. I know what to expect. It's nice. I don't have to worry, about go there and I can sit in the sun and I can eat the food and watch the sea come in. And and I know before I go what I'm getting. I like that. Jean, less so. (laughs) So maybe this year we're going to have to break out. Lord, give me grace. The problem with new landscapes is that we can be challenged by the fact that they're not familiar. We don't know. We're not sure what's it going to be like. And the, the, what we, the temptation at that point is to, is to say, well, I'd rather stick with what I know then. Well, I firmly believe we are, in, we are in the Spirit facing a new landscape. And God says, you can have it if you want it. You can have it if you want it, but it's your choice. I'm not going to force it on you. With the current economic situation in the country, I believe the Church of Jesus Christ has a huge opportunity opening up before us. An opportunity to get involved and shape society in a way that has been close to us for years. I really mean this. The reading I read at the beginning was when Jesus stood up in the synagogue and he read from Isaiah 61. That scripture is part of our DNA at Jubilee Church. But not exclusively so. Because all of those who are in Christ, all of those who are in Christ have the same calling. It's true about us, that scripture, but it's true about every other church. Every other church. And so we can say the spirit of the the Lord is on us. Because he has anointed us to preach good news to the poor. He has sent us to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what he's saying to us. That's our calling. Every one of us. That's why God sent you here. That's our commission. And therefore 2012 must be the year of the Lord's favour for Teesside. Must be. And so must all future years. With all the cuts the local councils are having to make, there are buildings and facilities that may well be becoming uh, available for groups who really want to serve their local communities. About three weeks before Christmas, Paul Cattrell, um I think you were talking to somebody, councillor or somebody who suggested we contact the council, to see if they had any uh, premises we could use. And so uh, Paul gave me the name of somebody in the council and I sent this guy an email saying, look, we, we, we want a, a building 24-7 where we can make a real difference in the community. I copied in Ian Parker, the chief executive of Middlesbrough Council as well. Well, that evening, the guy had emailed phoned me at home. And he says they are closing 20, I think he said 23 buildings because of the current economic situation. Council are closing 23 buildings. But he was ever so positive about us. Other groups are interested, but he said we'd really like to help you if we can. He was passing on my request to the person dealing with such inquiries. The next day I had an email from the chief executive, Ian Parker, Christian guy. Chief Executive of Middlesbrough Council, asking if he could meet with me on the 11th of January, which is this Wednesday. So he's coming to see me at Melbourne House next Wednesday at 4.30. Now, I, I really don't know what might come of all of this. I don't want to set you up for something. I, I don't know. All I know is we must explore it thoroughly. We must take it seriously and we will be praying into it tonight. Will you be at the prayer meeting? This is important. This is really important. I'm, I'm kind of blown away by, you know, when God starts to do things, you think, wow. One more thing, and then I'll be done. We'll, we'll break bread together. I, I think I mentioned before that a small group of church leaders, leaders in Middlesbrough want to get together and pray. So a week on Tuesday, at 8 o'clock in the morning, Eric Wilson from St. Barnabas Church, he leads the church, Terry Young, Middlesbrough Community Church, Steve Sutton, Colby Newman Baptist Church, and myself have agreed to meet at St. Barnabas Church to pray for an hour. That's not remarkable in itself. We, well, maybe it is. <laughs> the remarkable thing is we all want to do it every week. And I'm thinking, well, Lord, help us. Give us grace to see it through, because good intentions have to become reality. Because what I think, as we start doing that on a regular basis, other leaders will join us. Prayer will be the key for whatever God does in Teesat. It really will. And it starts with the leaders praying. And so I'm committed to that. Gina and I had lunch with Gary and Lorraine Chondi who of the Salvation Army officers in Eston just on Friday. They are a remarkable couple. They are seeing such blessing there. And now the local councillors are saying, what else can you do for us? They've just got involved. They're, seeing, they're touching hundreds and hundreds of families. People are getting saved. It's rough. It's ready. It's raw. They are remarkable. They're just such good friends. And they're part of the reason Gene and I are here. And you just think God has got a plan. God is putting something together. And they're beginning to see huge blessing in Eston. We want to see huge blessing right across Teesside. I'd tried to meet with other church leaders for two years has hardly ever worked until about last September. Suddenly God has changed the gear. He's pouring out a new wine of blessing, faith and anointing, and I, see, I do see a new landscape beginning to open up before us where the church is together, working together in relationship, not ridiculous structures, but friendship at leadership level, friendship at leadership teams level, working together for the glory of God in Teesside. I see Teesside going to be transformed by that. I really do. I believe it. I'm praying for it. I'm asking God for it. And you know what? I don't care what label is on it. There's only one label I want on it. It's the name of Jesus. We're not about our reputation. We're about his reputation. God will give us what we need when we need it. But all I know is this. For the sake of the gospel, we give ourselves to this in 2012. I also think it's time for me to try and build some links with church leaders in Stockton that hasn't happened at all yet. But you can start praying for that too. As I was preparing this talk, a very simple slogan came to my mind. It's really earth-shattering. It's this: "Tea side for Jesus." Can you remember that? Tea side for Jesus. I, I, I just just felt God say, "That's simple. That's it. Tea side for Jesus." It's time for Side to be known as a place of hope, not hopelessness. Time for Teesside to be known as a place of blessing. It's time for Teesside to be even known as a place of prosperity. It's time for Teesside to be known as a place of good reputation. Why will all these th- those things come? Because we, the body of Christ, are here for him. Are you up for transforming society? Yeah, Scary, isn't it? <laughs> am I scared? Absolutely. I'm standing here thinking, oh Lord, what am I saying? But I'm saying it because I believe God said it. We're not here to make up the numbers We're not here to hold on until Jesus comes again. We're here to see hundreds and thousands of people transformed with the power of the gospel of Jesus. We want hope for the hopeless, help for the helpless, homes for the homeless, and you can go on and on, work for the workless. It's got to touch every fabric, every bit of the fabric of society. I don't know how we can do that. I'm saying, God, I'm just me. I'm not a Wesley or a Whitfield or a Booth. He said, no, but I'm God. Oh yes, I hope for it. As we the church bring good news of Jesus to this whole area through practical demonstrations of love, grace, mercy and as God opens doors that have been closed to us for years and years and years I dare to believe these things can become reality. It's time to dream big dreams. Ask God for big things and do everything we can do and see what God will do with that and more. Well, hallelujah. I'm done. We're going to break bread together. Would You, would you, you can fill in your cards now. Oh, you can clap if you want. <laughs> you know... I,